This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1549, Paris! Boogie! Dance! Toy! Artist! Come! Comic Geek Speak! Comic, 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 Trying to get our previews out a little bit earlier, so we... Good habit to get into. Yeah, because I know a lot of... And we actually had a couple people say, hey, ours was a little late last month. Oh, I need your previews episode to my ordering, which is very flattering. That's mm-hmm. very nice to hear. So we try to accommodate you as best we can. And also, it's, it's good to get it out early because that way we can order more things ourselves early. Because I necessarily always get things from you guys talking that I don't normally... Because my orders are already in place, actually. <laughs> but I always <laughs> add things to it. Ever the eager beaver. <laughs> He's so compulsive. Dude. Well, you know, it's like if I get something, if I don't do something right away, more times than not, I will forget to do said thing. So, see, I'm I'm generally one of those ones when I get the reminder email with three days left in the month, I go, oh, I bet I should do that now. <laughs> that is. I'm usually neat. hoping that that Cameron doesn't send the email that says we've updated the site, and then I go, <laughs> damn it, I have to send an email. Yeah, that just came down this weekend that they updated the site on Saturday. So, so that's why, unfortunately, Shane and Chris cannot be here tonight, just because of schedule. But we'll have, they'll be on a future episode, and I'm sure they'll give their thoughts on anything they, we may have missed here. All right, and, and as always, this episode of Comic Geek Speak is brought to you by DCB Service. That's Discounts Comic Book Service at DCBService.com. And what more can we say? But we will still say some more about them. And throughout this whole episode, I'll be giving all the specials and discounts and bundles, of which there are a plenty of them. Yes, we will, we will tease you the whole episode with uh, all of the amazing deals you can be getting at DCBS if, you know, if you decide to order. Yes. But, but the main thing is there are pre-order service, and whenever you pre-order any DC, Marvel, Image, or Dark Horse book, those are right away 40% off the cover price. Most other publishers are between 25 and 35% off cover price, and they do, I mentioned, run specials, sometimes half off, sometimes 65 and even up to 75% off. They also run many, many bundles where they'll bundle a whole bunch of comics together for an even lower price. So check that out. We'll mention some during the episode as, as we go on. They're great people. We've been with them for, for a long, long time. Uh, so check them out for all your pre-ordering needs, dcbservice.com. And this episode is also brought to you by Scribd. Scribd is like Netflix for comics. With a subscription, you'll get access to more than 10,000 comics from Marvel, IDW Top Shelf, Valiant, Dynamite, Archie, and more. They're the only subscription service that gives you that variety all for one monthly price. And on top of that, you'll also get unlimited access to their huge library of ebooks and audiobooks, which is more than 1 million titles altogether. And they're all available anytime, anywhere. So head over to scribd.com slash comicgeekspeak to get started with a free month. And even more importantly, Scribd makes sure you can find your way to comics and books you're going to love. 
they've got hundreds of collections curated by their team of editors. And as you read, they'll tailor recommendations for you based on the titles you know you've loved or not. So go to scribd.com slash comic geek speak right now and they'll get you set up with a free month. That's 30 days of unlimited reading, and you'll be supporting this very show. So it's a win-win situation. That's S-C-R-I-B-D dot com slash comic geek speak. I always, I always want to check out to make sure it's scribd, not you know something else, because it could be pronounced many different ways. But uh, they say it's scribd because they've been around for quite some okay. time. It could be scribd, I suppose. But no. <laughs> I actually had a, a big art. They were they've sort of changed their what they do and a couple years ago when they were first getting popular i had this big argument with a guy at work because i'm like it's scribed that's right it was like a document article site mm-hmm. so it was all about the written word right <laughs> and i'm like it's spelled like scribed where they just took away the e like in the funky cool internet thing to do right <laughs> and i'm like you are a scribe. You write things. It's a site about writing. It has to be scribed. And he's like, no, it's scribed. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, my brain is still struggle with it because it's like it's obviously scribed to me. Mm-hmm. I don't even care if the guy who made it says that it's scribed. I'm like, my brain, like, the synapses misfire. And I'm like, I do not understand what you are saying to me. So in my head, I always say scribed, but, you know, we'll say scribbed if they tell us to, but, uh, you know. <laughs> they, they pay the bills. Your head I, has a right to pronounce it however it wants it to. <laughs> yeah. I, I think as a, as, a, as a, you know, collection of people, the entire world should send them an email and say, please, can we, are we allowed to pronounce it scribed because that's what it wants to be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if they insert an E between the B and the D, then that, that would make all the difference. All right. <laughs> Anyway. Well, that's not why you called. You called no. to hear us talk about previews. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Well, before we talk about previews, oh, sure. I'd like to give everyone a little update oh, on yes. our, our campaign. If you missed it uh, on the John Byrne Fantastic Four episode, I um, announced that uh, I'm going to finally pursue that, which I have been thinking about doing for about five years now, which <laughs> is a video version of Comic Geek Speak. And um, so we need to acquire some hardware to do this um, thing because uh, video stuff is sort of super freaking expensive. And um, we had some extra sponsorship money, so I, I bought some equipment, but I needed to buy more and I didn't have the money. So I said, hey, CGS listeners, can you help us? Can you donate a little money and uh, help us get some equipment? So I was asking for $1,000. Um, we got that almost in one day. What? Yeah, we really? actually had... Uh, some very generous people. Wow. One generous person who actually gave us $1,000. No. Yes. Um, wow. Wishes to remain anonymous, that's, so that will happen. That's wonderful. Um, but we also had several other people who gave uh, quite a, a nice sum of money as well. So our listeners rose to the challenge there very quickly. However, since that point, I have been doing more research and acquiring more equipment and starting to get things set up. And I realized that I really still don't have anywhere close to enough money to do like – like we could do a video show right now and it would be a crappy one-camera production. And it would just be like one camera in the studio and that's all you'd ever see. And that's not, that's not really what I want to do. I'd like to have a three-camera setup with some switching and some variety and make it look a little more professional. So I would ask that if there's anybody else out there who, you know, has a dollar or two that wants to help out, uh, we could use a couple hundred bucks more. Um, 
I'm still trying to do it as cheap as I possibly can. I, I believe me, I know this. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is sort of our entire thing, the entire... I'm sitting on a crate of uh, old milk cartons right now. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, and and here's the thing, right? I say a dollar, and I and I actually mean that, right? If everybody who listens to the show gave us a dollar, I would be able to do way, way more than I dreamed, right? So if you're thinking like you should donate, but you're feeling guilty, like I don't want to only give a dollar, some other person gave a thousand dollars, forget that. If every single person only gave a dollar, I would have more money than I would even know what to do with. So if you're thinking this is kind of nice or you've listened and you think it might be worth a dollar one time in your life, that, that, that really, that's good enough. So uh, I just need a couple hundred more and then we'll be good to go. But I'm getting stuff set up now and uh, fighting with hardware and software and making the thing so it's easy to use. And um, hopefully, you know, if all goes well, I'd like to be up and rolling within a month. Right? It sounds like a long time, but I have to get oh, the equipment. Man. I have to get to the studio. I have to set it up. I have to clean the studio. I have to rearrange some things. You know? So there's yeah. a little bit of work involved. But uh, Shane helped you out a little bit there. He came in and cleaned up the studio a week or two ago. Yeah, I saw, and it looks a little nicer, but I still have to, like, you know, mount cameras on walls and run <laughs> wires and get the computer and move things around and, you know, like, find a home for everything and, and make it look pretty and install some lighting because I have to do some lighting because you can't have a TV studio without lights. And I mean, like I could spend thousands of dollars just on lights. Instead, <laughs> I'm doing some like uh, $20 Ikea alternative, which is going <laughs> to attempt to be a starting point. Right. So this is why, you know, we could use about 10,000 more dollars and it still wouldn't quite be enough if we wanted to do like a, you know, a proper TV studio. So. But let's talk about previews. All right, beginning at the beginning, as per usual. Uh, it's a very good place yeah, to let's start. Let's do it. Look All at right. this. Right, right on page 40, very first page of Dark Horse, is a new series by Jeff Lemire. <laughs> what, what more do you need to know, right? <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you. This is uh, going beyond the creator line, and, and impressive though Jeff Lemire writing is. Um, Black Hammer is... Uh, it, it, it's almost tailor-made for the murder, as it were, because it's <laughs> it's it's not only Jeff Lemire writing; it's uh, Jeff Lemire writing a comic book about a bunch of retconned characters living in uh, sort of an extra-dimensional uh, uh, Edenic landscape, uh, thinking about breaking back into the superhero universe uh, that forgot about them. So it's kind of like Jeff Lemire. T- uh, presenting his own take on the story of Earth 2 Superman and Lois Lane and Alex Luthor and Superboy of Earth Prime who were exiled from the revised DC Universe after Crisis. It's like a whole little uh, Justice League of uh, retconned characters uh, living out their days outside of reality and uh, contemplating uh, making the break back into reality. That is intriguing to me. And uh, Jeff Lemire's writing it. Dean Ormston's doing the art. And the great Dave Stewart is providing the colors. Lemire is drawing a variant cover, which I will definitely buy. Well, first of all, is it an ongoing? Uh, well, yes, it is. That's what I thought. Second of all, it's a two ninety nine price point. That's a good thing. Uh, it's forty percent off for the first issue, but the variant cover you mentioned is half off, dollar forty nine. That's even better. <laughs> and it has the jail, the, the old Justice League of America ish yeah, type the, the logo, badge shape, the badge logo, shape. Yeah. yeah. So also, the first issue is has a few extra pages is 26 pages instead of the normal 20 or 22 we're getting close to the end of uh mind management or mind mgmt whatever that has uh, a sp- oh that that's ending 
Yeah. Gosh, yeah I never it, even got started with that, and it's now already well, ending. Well, it'll be easier to catch up then, because right. you won't, you know. It's finite. Well, that's yeah. true. Um, and I don't know if Matt Kent has announced any, you know, series that will come out after it, like where he's writing and drawing and everything. I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see what else is on the horizon for him. Interesting looking hardcover on page 51. It's called Bowery Boys, Our Fathers by uh, Corey Levine and Ian Bertram. It looks like it's uh, kind of a picaresque adventure of a bunch of uh, you know, young street kids having uh, misadventures in uh, antebellum New York City. When you encounter the word antebellum in American context, <laughs> it usually means pre-American Civil War, so oh, okay. like early 19th century New York City. Oh, let's see. What page is the um, Gru on there? What did I ask? Are you still reading the reading Oh, the heck yeah, of course oh, I am. Okay. Because <laughs> this is... I guess issue six. I guess issue what three or f- two or three is out now. Three, three is already out. Okay. Yeah, I read all three. Yeah, it's a nice. You know, if if you're a new Gru fan, it's a good place to start because it's going over all the major characters that Gru has encountered over the last you know thirty or forty years or whatever. So, um, it's a it's a nice way to get into the world of Gru because now you'll know all the major players. Yeah, it's Gru friends and foes number six on page fifty five. Which is right next to Itty Bitty Comics number four for Grimace Island for Martin Franco. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything for Dark Horse? Uh, well, page 42, uh, Midnight Society, The Black Lake, first issue of a four-issue miniseries. That uh, sounds vaguely interesting. Sounds like it has to do with, um, well, uh, British uh, intelligence and uh, the mystery of uh, Loch Ness. Forty years ago, England's greatest adventurers cast aside their friendship. So it sounds like it's about a lost group of... Uh, I don't know if they're going to be based on actual characters from literature, you know, a la League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or anything mm-hmm. like that. But Still, it's an interesting uh, solicitation. All right, I think I'll start, course, on to, on to DC. And I guess this is their first solicits post-convergence. Right. And do they call this... The divergence, or I don't, because I didn't see anywhere in the the listings here. Yeah, Is that I didn't just either. like an, an internal thing? Yeah, I, I kind of thought the divergence was supposed to be the the brand they're giving to this in, this month's entire post convergence publishing initiative. Okay, but, uh, you are correct. I don't believe I've uh, seen the word used anywhere in, in okay. the DC section of this catalog. All right, but they do have a lot of interesting books coming out. Yes, well, new number ones. Yeah, a lot of number ones. So let's start right off with the first page here. Is uh, it's 82, and the previous is the Justice League number one, which is Brian Hitch writing and drawing. Has has Hitch written things before? I'm, I'm not. I don't recall that. I don't. But I haven't read everything he's drawn. I would be willing to bet money that he has. Um, there was something called America's Got Powers that I want to say he wrote. Oh, it was okay. an image book. It was it was like a reality show spotlighting superhuman beings. I think was was the hook there. All right. Yeah, he, uh, he's uh, America's Got Powers. Yep. Okay. Well, this thing is fifty six pages long, six bucks. That's a huge issue number one. It can't. Is it all Brian Hitch artwork? Fifty six pages of Hitch. That he must have been working on this for months. I think actually it was, if I'm not mistaken. I did read that somewhere that it's been a long time, maybe even a year or two. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad he's been working That's, so far ahead. 
Yeah. I mean, that's cool. I like when, you know, if they're going to do a supersized issue, so often it's like you get 20 pages of the regular artist and then you have all these various fill-in stories and add-ons and it's all, and it's like, no, no, no. Don't don't make me pay extra for stuff I don't really want to read. Like, so this is nice. You just get 56 pages presumably because the write-up doesn't list any other creators or talk about any stuff, so it just must be one big-ass story, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of variant covers. Oh yeah, but only one of them is, is not by him. It's <laughs> uh, Howard, the, yeah, the the Joker Month right. cover by Howard Porter. Yeah, but yeah, there's one for each current member of the league: Superman, Batman, and so on. Yeah, all so of those cool. by Hitch. Inks by uh, Wade von Grobiger of uh, Starman and All New X Men and lots of other stuff. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then on the next page, Batmite number one, a six issue miniseries, rated E for everyone. So I'm probably going to pick this up because the kids might like it. Awesome. It's funny you should say that because this happens to be our first uh, off-the-rack pick for this month. And no, we we here at CGS do kind of regret that lately uh, uh, DC has been uh, out of the running as far as off-the-racks go. But there have been a lot of months over the past year where they just haven't given us much in the way of good jumping-on points or number one issues to work with as off-the-rack selections. Last month, case in point. So making up for that, this month DC is giving us all kinds of new material, new series to talk about. So we're going to pick two DC books that books this month <laughs> as off-the-rack selections, and Batmite number one is the first of those. Hey. And then, Murd, the other book that I'm going to buy for the kids is Bizarro number one, <laughs> which I know you'll be happy about. Yeah, Disgusted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, before we go too far, who are the creative teams on the, the um, Batmite number one? Uh, it's written by Dan Jurgens, uh, art and cover by Corin Howell. So the, uh, the image here on page 83 is an example of the artwork we'll be seeing. I like that artwork a lot. Yeah, I love the Bat- Batmite expression on it. That, that's really cool. And Bizarro is written by Heath Corson and art and cover by Gustavo Duarte. I don't, I'm not familiar with his work, but again, I mean, this cover is fairly simple, but it looks totally fine, so that's cool. And of course, it's, a list, it's written in Bizarro speak. <laughs> you want to read it, Mr. Bird? Hate Harley Quinn? Then you will super hate Bizarro! Bizarro star of worstest comic ever. Go ahead and miss it. If there am one thing this issue not have, it these two things. Jimmy Olsen and Chupacabras. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excellent. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's oh, see. But yeah, do, just lots and lots of new number ones here. Right, just before Bizarro, we had a Batman Beyond number one, also written by Dan Jurgens, writing Batmite number one. So it's not necess- it says it's not necessarily the Batman Beyond we've seen in DC Comics to date, but it's the definitive future of the of Batman Beyond for now. <laughs> so that's happening. There's a new Black Canary number one on page 86. Another Constantine number one. Constantine the Hellblazer, and I am using the Alan Moore pronunciation there as opposed to the NBC pronunciation. Mm-hmm. A Scott Lobdell written Doomed series about some kid who's been infected with the Doomsday virus. Uh, Paul Levitz, fresh off the World's Finest series that Shane and I liked so much, is now writing a Doctor Fate book. Not sure. It's not uh, Kent Nelson. It's uh, apparently it's a college student who's uh, gotten his hands on the helm of fate and kind of stumbles into the mantle of the Lord of Order. But hey, Paul Levitz is writing it. That alone is enough to give it a look. Speaking of Earth 2-related stuff, on page 90, there's a new Earth 2 book, Earth 2 Society, number one. 
in which uh, the uh, Justice Society team that's been forming in the new post-Flashpoint Earth 2 uh, finally is over and done with their battle with Apocalypse and are just going to try and rebuild. So I might actually give Earth 2 another look after becoming a little disgusted with it a few issues in to the first run and dropping it. Page 91, Green Lantern, The Lost Army, written by uh, rising star Cullen Bunn, art and cover by uh, Jesus Saiz. Uh, Those of you who remember uh, Legion Lost by uh, Abnett and Lanning from from DC, long about the turn of the millennium, 99, 2000, I'm not sure which year exactly it was. Uh, But that was like a 12-issue maxi-series about a bunch of Legionnaires who were marooned on the far side of uh, the galaxy and had to find their way home. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the Lost Army is going to be kind of the same thing, but with uh, Green Lanterns. Okay. So if you liked Legion Lost, you might like that. Page 92, Harley Quinn and Power Girl number one. This is this is intriguing because, to me because it's a Vartox appearance. Right? <laughs> yes. Six-issue miniseries by Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Justin Gray. Art by Stefan Rue. And it's not the first time that, uh, well, Connor, Palmiotti, and Gray at least have uh, uh, broached the subject of uh, Power Girl meets Vartox. Because Correct. Because there was a story where she went to Valoran, Planet of the 70s Lounge Lizards, in an earlier uh, Power Girl series. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Vartox... Have you seen that I believe someone has been cast to play Vartox in the upcoming Supergirl TV series? Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, you shut up. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yes. I don't even know who Vartox oh, is. Oh, Murd, lay that. down the information for the young man here. 70s character, power set comparable to Superman's from the alien planet Valoran, and he had a rockin' 70s porn stash. Nice. And uh, loosely based on Sean Connery in the sci-fi fantasy movie Zardoz. Oh, my God. That was terrible. That, <laughs> that image is frightening where he's in that, like, string bikini kind of thing. Like, oh, my God. It's so bad. Yeah, the bondage briefs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what the guy was going to wear in a TV show, but he has been cast. Yes, and the gentleman's name is, oh, boy, Owain Yeoman. Hmm. All right, Shane would want us to mention that on page 93, Justice League 3000 is relaunching as Justice League 3001, still written by Keith Giffen, still art by Howard Porter, and it looks like the future Justice League is going up against Starro 3001. We can believe the cover. There's a new Martian Manhunter ongoing, uh, written by Rob Williams, and art by Eddie Barrows, that's on page 94. Spinning out of the Grayson series that we all enjoy so much, Chris especially, is a new Midnighter series, you know, Midnighter of the Authority, that Midnighter, written by Steve Orlando with art and cover by Akko, or ACO, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Uh, So he gets out into solo action here. Um, And then on page 96, this is going to be our second DC pick for Off the Racks this month. It's a new Omega Men series. Uh, It's apparently linked into Green Lantern continuity, which is fitting because when the Omega Men first appeared, it was in the Green Lantern uh, back in the 80s. Uh, Written by our friend Tom King, art by Alec Morgan. And uh, on page 96, there are uh, character designs uh, for the main bulk of the group there. It appears that we have uh, Tygor and Brute and uh, I I guess Doc would be the robot there on the bottom row. And the others, one of them is probably Primus. It's hard to tell, but... uh, it's 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 going to be a space fantasy adventure written by a guy whom we already know is great at writing uh, espionage adventure. So we'll see what uh, Tom can do with that. We'll all get a chance to discuss it together as an off-the-rack pick. Yeah, the only things I know about the Omega Men is that I believe it issue three 
of their series is where Lobo first appeared. Right, you are. And that I want to say issue 31 was a crisis crossover. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's all that I know about the Omega Men. Yeah, well, they were a bunch of freedom fighters from the Vegan star system. Oh, my. Chris would probably <laughs> want us to mention Prez, because on page 97, we've got the first of a 12-issue miniseries featuring a brand new take on the uh, early 70s uh, Prez teenage president character. Only this time, it's uh, Prez is a girl named Beth Ross who is elected via Twitter in the f- sometime <laughs> in the future world that's coming. So more uh, kind of offbeat uh, timely uh, and slightly kooky political satire featuring a teenage president of the U.S., Brought to us by Mark Russell and Ben Caldwell, the creative team. All right, down page 98, the uh, writer of the Red Hood and the Outlaws series, Scott Lobdell, now brings us Red Hood and Arsenal, number one, two characters who are figured prominently in Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, There's a new Robin, Son of Batman, number one, featuring Damian Al Ghul on page 99, written by Pat Gleason, also uh, drawn by Pat Gleason, inked by Mick Gray. Then page 100. (laughs) Uh, yes, wonderful artifacts of the 90s here. Section 8, uh, written by Garth Ennis, art by John McRae, the creative team who brought you the Hitman series back in the 90s. And uh, Section 8 are a bunch of truly deranged, underground, like uh, back-alley uh, superhero wannabes used to have their meetings in a sewer, led by <laughs> Six Pack, you know, the, the the superhero whose strength increases as he gets drunker. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I did not know that. That sounds like Garth Ennis. <laughs> it sure does. Yeah, they, they were my favorite thing about that Hitman series. You know, Chris is enthused about uh, this group of characters returning by the original creators, and, and Batman is showing up too. So it's a six-issue miniseries, and that's on page 100. You know, speaking of Red Hood and the Outlaws, also spinning out of that, on page 101, we've got uh, Starfire, number one, uh, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by uh, Italian artist Emanuela Lupacchino, cover by Connor, as seen here on page 101. Very nice. And finally, uh, page 102, a new take on Robin. It's called We Are Robin. And it appears to be Robin as youth movement, as a bunch of Gotham City teenagers adopt the uh, colors and identity of Robin and uh, just hit the streets to be like a progressive youth vigilante organization. Could be good. Could be like uh, – uh, could be like Gail Simone's The Movement too. Mm-hmm. I'm a little little concerned about it. But it's written by Lee Bermejo, art by Rob Haynes and Carrie Randolph, and that's on page 102. Page 105, uh, Justice League number 41, uh, hints of something called the Dark Side War, which appears to be fought primarily between Dark Side and the Anti-Monitor. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Ears pricking up over here. <laughs> Jeff Johns is still writing this series, and art is by uh, Jason Fabach, uh, whom I uh, nominated for Best Inker of 2013. Yeah, you, you used to work Detective Comics, yeah. Thank you. Well, John Lehman <laughs> was writing it, I believe. Hey, guys, uh, do you know, does the comic rating system just go from E for everyone to T for teen? Is there anything, like, in between? Hmm. That's a great question. Not that I've seen. I don't know. It's to be on the safe side. I guess anything that's not explicitly all ages, they label teen. And then there's T+, which is kind of like PG-13, I guess. Right. So probably some of these things that are labeled T are probably reasonable for kids based on what their maturity level is, right? There's a good chance, but you uh, should probably uh, well, vet each individual issue and then take it on a, you know, an issue-by-issue basis. 
this is from the DC Comics website, which is what we're in right now. Okay, let DC speak for themselves. E for everyone, T for teen, T plus, teen plus, and for mature. That, that's the only writings that they have. So I've, okay. in this section, that's where we're going. And they say teen is appropriate for, again, 12 and older. Page 110 looks like uh, Gail Simone's Secret Six series is slowly getting itself back on track. They've resolicited the third issue. Apparently. Hey, guys, is uh, is Batman still good? Uh, I wouldn't know. I stopped reading it about a year ago. Yeah, I'm afraid the zero year kind of scared all of us away from it for a while, and I don't think many of us have gotten back to it since then. Because I see that it's still Snyder and Capullo, which is awesome. And there's know. like a, a new Batman. Is that correct? Uh, well, at the very least, it's yeah, somebody it's, is wearing a, like a mecha suit of armor, mm-hmm. uh, like a motorized bat armor, and uh, he's being he is being described as an all new Batman. But whether or not it's actually a different person in the suit is not given to us to know at this right. point. It's page one eighteen. Yeah, but it's part yeah. of this uh, truth crossover going through all the Superman and Batman books this month. It is part of the truth crossover. I didn't think it was. Oh. Oh, that's right. Well, that's true. It does seem to be more Superman books than Batman books, but it's just the fact that uh, on the cover of Batman slash Superman number 21, which is definitely part of the truth crossover. Oh, yes. Okay. You see the armored Batman there. I do. Pants, have you been reading the uh, Batman 66? Uh, I have not. I started out reading it and been getting it when I see him in you know dollar bins, but I haven't been reading it continuously. I, I did read the most recent uh, Lost um, episode, if you will, that was uh, oh, Harlan Ellison with Two Face. With Two Face, I, d- I did read it. That was Jose Garcia Lopez artwork, so oh. I very much enjoyed that. But uh, generally, no, I had not been reading that. Just curious because that's another one that's rated E, and so you know, I'm always looking for stuff that the kids might love. Oh, sure. Yeah. Still good, but uh, you know, it's not quite as good since Ray Fox took over for Jeff Parker, in, in my opinion. Well. Right. I don't know that the, the girls would quite, you know, be as <laughs> discerning. Right? Point, yeah. That, that, it's the one thing that really sort of, like, just sticks at me, you know, in the side, is that DC does a much better job of making kid-friendly comics than Marvel does, you know? Ah. <laughs> Ooh. Let's see, page 121, I may as well point out, uh, second volume of uh, Japanese Batman comics, Jirokuwata Batmanga, volume two. Oh, it looks like there's an adaptation of the, uh, the Alfred as Outsider story, Pants. Oh, nice. And you can't go wrong with apes on the cover. You, not even in Japan, you <laughs> yeah. can't go wrong with that. <laughs> it's just a universal truth. But holy cow, but listen to this. It says, two more epic tales are included, as well as a 2013 essay by Hiro... Oh, say his name again for me. Jiro Kuwata. Him. Reflecting on his goals from 50 years ago when he was given the chance to bring America's most popular costume crime fighter to a Japanese audience. That's pretty cool. Wow. I, I love these historical reminiscences, if you will, of, of the business and... Yeah, I'm just glad that DC is making this material available on this continent. Yeah, exactly. 
I'm looking at the trades and collections section now. Okay, and as you do that, let me mention, (laughs) through Discount Comic Book Service, when you pre-order any new DC or Marvel trade or hardcover, they are all half off cover price. What? (laughs) Yes. That's insane. Very good to know. (laughs) Yes, it is very good to know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Ooh, let's see. On page 130, a collection of a... uh, Pretty interesting uh, Aquaman storyline from the early 2000s. Yes, I remember that when San Diego fell into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> right. Like I a, mean, did a you, real Well, I mean, that's simplicity city. about it. But, yeah, the, the people, you know, evolved who were there. Of course, a lot of people died. Spoilers. But uh, it was it was really good. And that was also a very hot back issue at that time because Aquaman was a limited print run. So if you never got those issues and, you know, single uh, single issues, this is a great place to get the story right now. Mm. And look on page 132, they have Batman Second Chances trade paperback, uh, written by Max Allen Collins and Jim Starlin, and numerous artists, including Jim Aparo, who is one of the absolute classic Batman artists. And uh, those issues lead up to Death in the Family, and that's right when I started reading Batman. Mm. So those collected in that trade must be some of the very first issues of Batman I ever read, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Golden Age fans take note. On uh, page 131, it's not a Golden Age collection, but it's a collection featuring Golden Age characters. It's the America versus the Justice Society of America trade paperback. It it collects that miniseries from the 80s, um, courtesy of Roy Thomas. Pre-crisis Earth 2 stuff. Oh, those Jerry Ordway covers. There's one where there's like an homage to an old per degaton, per degaton cover from uh, the oh just don't get me started on Jerry Orwell's covers beautiful and you can get it for only seven dollars and fifty cents that's correct <laughs> ooh here's an attractive omnibus collection from DC Wonder Woman by George Perez volume oh, one no. hardcover I, I tell you what I I would love to get those issues for Clara to read because she's such a big Wonder Woman fan and getting her started on some Perez stuff is, you know, would be, is a, is my responsibility, right, as a parent. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, $75. Even if it is, I doubt that that one's 50% off. What did I just say? All new hardcovers, trades, DC Marvel, half off cover price. Even that one. Even wow. that one. Thirty-seven fifty. That's so. That's thirty-seven bucks then for twenty-five issues of comics. That's cheap, actually. Yeah. And like, if I, okay, I'm sorry, you, go ahead. You can't find those issues that cheap, right? Um, if you can find, because again, Wonder Woman, as it got further on, was you know print ran was a little lower than your your bigger titles at, at DC. Um, but you could it'd be it'd be a tough race. Be, here they're all one collection. You don't have to go hunting for them. Boom, done. Right. Next, next. Right. And if memory serves, and this is this doesn't bother Clara. What you told me that these are also quite wordy. No, uh, I wouldn't phase her at yeah, all. Yeah, she's she so happy. It's Wonder Woman. She loved those Silver Age books that were also very wordy. Mm-hmm. So this is this could be right up her alley. It's true because Perez did write a lot of these stories yes. himself. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 initially, yes, right. Mm. <laughs> When 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 is this stuff shipping? Well, you August? have you have several weeks to even place your order. Yeah, no, no. But what I'm thinking is this: this stuff shifts in August, so I'll get it at the end of August, and her birthday is at the end of September. Hmm. Mm. 
Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> See, we're making each other buy things here. Wondering. <laughs> well, we do it to our listeners, I guess. Turnabout is fair. That's player. exactly right. <laughs> Turning on each other now. Fifty oh, no- percent off. That's a hoo-hoo. <laughs> just notice that back on page one thirty-three, we've got uh, an absolute Batman, the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. So that's Scott Snyder and James Tinian and Greg Capullo story that uh, made so many waves uh, the first 11 issues of the new 52 batman series but at the expanded eight and a quarter inch by 12 and a half inch absolute size <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was that was a stretch no that that was perfectly oh. appropriate oh god <laughs> Page 140, Astro City's got another gorilla cover! A gorilla playing the drums! uh, And it's by Alex Ross. How can you go wrong with that? It's like that uh, commercial where they, I forget who it was for, where they did uh, the the Phil Collins song, you know, where uh, In the Air Tonight. Oh, really? And and there's a gorilla playing the drums. I don't don't know (laughs) who it was for, like, some insurance company or something, but it was awesome. And it's all chill, you know, because that song's all slow. And then it gets to the fast part, and the gorilla goes nuts. Oh, it's awesome. (laughs) YouTube that. That's a a good one. I I think I must. (laughs) Oh, and then on page 142, which has to be about the coolest idea Mm -hmm. ever, the, the final issue of Fables is 160 pages long. It's just the whole trade. Yep. They just made the final trade be the final issue. Like, that's it. Bam. I mean, that is such a freaking awesome idea. I didn't realize that this was going to be this way. And I was oh, you talking. Didn't? To, no, I was talking to Irma, um, uh, Mark's wife, Mark Buckingham's wife mm-hmm. at, at the uh, convention, because she was in working London. in the same. In, yeah, in, in London. And, uh, she was working in the same section. She volunteers to help because she gets super bored sitting at the table the entire time. So <laughs> she put on a yellow T-shirt and helped out. And so I was, so I'm like, oh, so what's Mark going to do after he finishes uh, Fables, right? And then she's like, well, you know, he had to draw 160 pages for Fables, the final issue. And I'm like, wait, what? The final? And she's like, yeah, it's a whole trade. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. And that, that's the other thing is, right, it's, it's, it's all Mark, like. By and large, it seems like there are some extra artists in here, so there's some extra pages. But Mark drew the bulk of it, right? Oh, so great. And, of course, being a new trade, it's half off. Only eight ninety nine. Right, Which, of course, I have to buy. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's the coolest idea ever. <laughs> I mean, when have you ever had one issue of a comic... That's an entire trade. I, I can't think of anything. There, oh. there may have what been, a, but and what a way to end yeah. one of the best comic series of the last—I don't know how long, right? I mean, that's yeah, like oh. fifteen years, I guess. Yeah, so freaking great. <laughs> if anyone hasn't read Fables yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. And now that it's over, you can get caught up. You got anything else here, gentlemen? Or are we on to the next thing? Um, I see one vertigo trait here. It's on page 145, and it's Swamp Thing, the Root of All Evil, Phil Hester artwork. It collects uh, issues 140 to 150 of the Vertigo-era run of Swamp Thing, and it's got stories in it written by Mark Miller and Grant Morrison, which the uh, possibility is raised that Alec Holland has just been hallucinating this whole Swamp Thing uh, thing as a result of a tropical hallucinogen that he ingested. 
So. That sounds like a Grant Morrison story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. You know, I'd known that Mark Miller had written some Swamp Thing, but I don't think I knew that Grant Morrison had written any. So that's 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 a trade I might have to check out. All right, but on page 155, the Constantine TV Dr. Fate's helmet. And it is Constantine since it's TV. Limited edition, 24-karat gold-plated, designed by Alex Ross, Ross and Larry Mulmott, sculpted by Alex Ross. Only 200 units, $800. N- nobody needs that. Yeah, d- until you think about walking around your house. So you know what's missing is Dr. Fate's helmet. That's what's missing from this house. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't deny that I don't have one of those. <laughs> okay. You got me. All right. So, All right IDW. <laughs> IDW, quickly, quickly. <laughs> yeah, not all that much... New from IDW for me this month. Well, they're just – they continue – and uh, this is a good thing, but it makes me crazy that I, I – the artist slash artifact editions they keep putting out, an artifact edition of Miracle Man, an artist edition of Mike Zeck's classic Marvel stories. Page 159, we've got a Ghostbusters story in which uh, – well, the comic book version of the Ghostbusters meet the uh, – well, animated television version of the Ghostbusters. It's called Ghostbusters Get Real, number one. Hmm. By the way, speaking of Miracle Man, that's uh, the next thing that Mark Buckingham is working on is Miracle Man with you know, Neil I th- Gaiman. I thought I did oh, see right. that, yes. Return yeah. to the Silver Age, huh? Yeah. So, and, and Irma said that he was super excited that they get to finish the story that they started so many years ago, right? So that's that's pretty cool. Yep. Yep. Man, IDW has so many books out nowadays. It's yeah. crazy. They're a massive publisher now. All right, something I think I'm going to have to put on my order. Okay. Uh, pages, uh, well, yeah, page 182. Uh, I knew the, you were going to say that. The top shelf it. section. Yep, yeah, well, sure. I, I've heard a lot about it. Uh, it's uh, Eddie Campbell's Bacchus, Omnibus Edition, Volume 1, 576 pages. You know, beginning this uh, you know, independently published epic. Um, I, it's about uh, Bacchus, the ancient Roman god of wine, and uh, manifesting on Earth as the owner of a seedy bar someplace, and just his, his day-to-day life, his interactions with other gods that happen to drift through. And um, I have not read any of it, but it's been spoken well of by, well, well, comics journalists and creators alike. There's a pull quote from Neil Gaiman here. I know Alan Moore was a fan. Um, so, I think Mr. Phil's a big fan. Oh, I can believe that. So, yeah, and uh, I think I need to uh, experience this for myself. I mean, I, it's, it's Greek mythology derived, after all. So. I never heard of this book before right what? now. Really? I, I don't get out that much, apparently. Well, I, I it's, don't... It, it's been about 20 years since it was at its peak, but uh, for, there was a lot of buzz around it 20 years ago. Wow, well, 20 years ago, I still more or less had my DC blinders on, and mm. Wow. I can't believe it. You know, all the cons you go to and all the I, I never heard this book before. You just never heard You never even a... saw that, like, that picture or anything? No, I, I didn't even. I skipped over this page of the previews until we stopped at it. Wow. Well, again, uh, I, yeah. One demerit, pants. Yeah. One demerit. Yeah, well, <laughs> should be several, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, the Spider-Man, the ultimate newspaper comics collection. Yeah, IDW. Dan Lee and John Romita. They've mm-hmm. got lots of, of reprints of all kinds of companies they do a really good job with these 
their licensing department deserves a raise. Yes. About that. <laughs> Ooh, let's see. On page 188, there's a trade of that uh, Shadow Show miniseries IDW did, a bunch of uh, comics creators paying tribute to Ray Bradbury. So that's collected here. Page 190, there's a collection of our friend Rob Anderson's Creature Cops Special yes, Varmint Unit I saw that. series. Uh, it's about a, well, uh, uh, an animal control agent who has to round up a bunch of bizarre mad science-produced cryptids. Um, and opposite that, uh, what appears to be uh, an update of uh, the Saved by the Bell characters <laughs> in comic book form. The, the comic no one asked for. <laughs> but it's all ages, Brian. Yep. Oh, great. <laughs> Art by uh, China Clugston Flores, uh, formerly of Blue Monday. And, uh, yeah, that's another indie comic. I didn't even hear of that before. That's why I raised uh, my eyebrows at you. Sort of manga-styled. Okay. Yeah, anyway, it's uh, Saved by the Bell is one of my least favorite TV shows of all time because it basically killed NBC's Saturday morning lineup. Oh. Sorry, I didn't didn't know. Yes, it's it's a sort of I'll I'll tread lightly. All right, can we move to image? Yes, we can. So Airboy number one seems kind of interesting, right? Oh, James James Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Yep, James Robinson as James Robinson. (laughs) Yeah, not just uh, writing. He's written himself and uh, the artist Greg. It's it's not so much about Airboy as it is about James Robinson and Greg Hinkle agonizing over how to adapt Airboy. And uh, (laughs) kind of meta, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's quite meta. It's it's sort of an. You've heard of the, the movie adaptation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's for Pants' benefit. It's by screenwriter Charlie Kaufman. And oh, it's, okay. I have heard yeah, of Nicholas that. Yeah, Nicolas Cage is in it. Right, right, okay. It's, 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 it's a, the, the screenwriter was commissioned to do a film adaptation of a, a book called The Orchid Thief about a guy who literally poaches rare orchids from uh, botanical gardens and such. And he was having such a hard time writing the screenplay that eventually he just said screw it and wrote the screenplay about himself and his own difficulties writing the screenplay. And that's what adaptation was. And that's what this Airboy series appears to be. Huh. It's like an adaptation-style, like, meta-procedural superhero comic. And it's got uh, James Robinson himself as a character, wondering where his life has gone wrong and why he doesn't seem to be able to get work doing anything other than Golden Age revamps. And Airboy himself does show up as a character. I really like the artwork. And then Brian Wood's got a new series, Starve. Yeah, it's like a twisted take on Iron Chef. Yeah, well, you know, in manga, apparently uh, comics about cooking have been a fairly major genre for a number of years now, so yeah. Brian Wood's giving us an American take on that. Hmm, something from Brandon Graham here of King City. Uh, it's called Eight House Arclight, number one. Apparently it's going to be the first of a shared fantasy universe. Um, Brandon Graham, right? he's not doing the art, but uh, the art is provided by Marion Churchland. Pretty good uh, the chivalrous fantasy artwork going on here. It's about a lady who's uh, had her who's been mind swapped with a strange root monster, and the root monster's mind is in her body, causing havoc in the court. While she, in the root monster's body, is trying to, uh, I guess, find her way back to court and make amends. And then on page two ten. Oh, The Covenant by Rob Liefeld. <laughs> so apparently, Rob is a big like born again Christian dude. Um, whatever, no comment. And, uh, like, I think he found an artist who draws even more poorly than he does. <laughs> I mean, I, I, this, this sample pages, like, who is going to buy this book? 
people who are into irony, I guess. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I once again, I will go on record as saying Rob is one of the nicest guys working in comics. If he's ever at a convention, he is super sweet to every person who comes up to him, and he is a good sport about everything, and he signs until his fingers are broken and everyone is happy. So you, I give the guy credit for that. But my goodness, Rob, like this... This artwork is really not very good. It's some guy, Matt Horak. I'm sorry, Matt, if you happen to be listening. I don't. No offense, but it's it's you know, it's not great. Have you been keeping up with Chew, Murd? Um, not for several years now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I didn't get that memo because yep. I see that they're, they're, issue 50 is being solicited here. The yeah. landmark issue 50. Yeah, I didn't drop it for any specific reason. You know, just. Image well, launches so many new titles, I can't keep up with all of them. That's true, and you're so far behind as it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I did buy the Special Agent Pollo issue. Oh, okay. Uh, featuring the, the kick-ass chicken. Right. Well, uh, how could you not? <laughs> That's what I said. Kick-ass chicken. Kick-ass chicken. There are so many amazing-looking image books that I should be reading. I have to figure out which ones I'm going to read once I'm caught up on my Marvel books. All right. Where are we at? Are we up to Marvel? Any, anything else from Image? Yeah, I think we've exhausted all the, the new stuff. Yeah. So, yes, let's go on to Marvel, which is uh, all about the Secret Wars this month. And it is for that reason that we've actually chosen to do to Marvel what we did to DC last month when they were all bogged down in Convergence tie-ins and just not do an off-the-racks pick for Marvel this month. So, sorry, Marvel zombies, but uh, you will not be represented... For the month of June. However, if you wanted to order all of the Secret War titles in a bundle at a great price, you can. Uh, they have a special DCBS all. So, wow. Yeah. They've, oh, my God. They've got 51 books here total uh, in, the, in, the, in, in this bundle. Uh, <laughs> all 51 books. You save half off for one oh two forty nine. So, all the I, – I, they're all here, all listed, so you can buy them all for half off as a bundle. My That's goodness. Well, it's, it's easy. One click, boom, you're done. No, seriously, boom. Yeah, yeah, you're buying most of the Marvel previews this month if you do that. That's correct. That's even bigger than the DC bundles. I think they were only like 40 issues oh, per. Yeah. And it's not to say that there aren't some interesting-looking Secret Wars tie-ins yeah, in here. Yeah, I think I'm sticking mostly with just the Secret Wars. I'd have to go, again, double-check. Let's see if anything catches my eye. Yeah, but I'll be doing about the same thing. I'll definitely read the tentpole miniseries, the third and fourth issues of which are coming out this mm -hmm. month. But yeah, it, it just gets very badly out of hand. There's so many, and uh, they're like three ninety nine each, almost universally, and and uh, there's no telling from the solicitations here how many issues long a lot of these things are going to be. Yeah, that that is true. You you have to do more research on that if you're looking to get into these. At least with Secret Wars, they tell the, the main Secret War series. They tell you up front that it's an eight-issue miniseries, and and eight issues drawn by Assad Ribic. Oh, yep. Mm. <laughs> well, there's one there's one uh, comic that I see that uh, catches my eye is Runaways number one. You know, I saw that as well, but I, I mean, it's a great. I love El Noto, but he's only doing the cover for that. Yeah, um, you didn't you didn't read any of the runaway stuff, did you? I Pants? I did. I I read I believe the first series. I've got everything collected, but I think I only got through the first series. I, I know I believe Terry Moore did some work on it. I know Mike Norton did some work on it, 
But yeah. I really enjoyed that first series. That, oh, that, that was so a, good. That was a great yeah. hook they had, and it, it drew me in. Yeah, so I really loved all the Runaway stuff. So I am, I am tempted uh, by this. Let's see. Thor's number one, written by Jason Aaron, art by Chris Sprouse. And it's got Frog Thor in it, along with just about every other version of Thor you'd want to name. So that's kind of tempting. That's on page 14. There's Runaways on page 18. Marvel Zombies, of course. Ghost Racers on page 24, like all the different iterations of Ghost Rider from different realities. Yeah, there's just way too much for me to Star- even... Star Lord and Kitty Pride. Have you, have uh, pants? Have you been reading the Legendary Star Lord series? I have not. Uh, I know Shane has for for his for his. Uh, I think um, Ben is into it. His one son, and I think he's been getting it for him. I now that that's coming to an end with everything else from Marvel, more or less, and that's also in the the Black Vortex. For some reason, when that came out alongside Rocket Raccoon. I got Rocket Raccoon, but did not get Star Lord. So now I'm looking for it in back issues, and I've—I'll I've tell you what—it's actually really good. You know, that's, that's that's what Shane told me. So it's like, oh, I gotta track those. I think I've got. Well, I have to find the first issue, but I have to get a couple other ones in between there, maybe like th- four of them. But uh, I, I want to get that and get caught up so I can jump into the Black Vortex because I haven't started that yet. But so I, I, I'd say that this Star Lord and Kitty Pride is a is a must buy or. I shouldn't say must buy, but I think it, it's probably going to be a, a, a pretty solid comic because um, they're doing a lot with Star Lord and Kitty Pride. They're like dating now or whatever, so uh, this makes sense, and uh, I'm definitely intrigued. It says here, but are they together? Together, and is this the Kitty Pride that Peter loves, or one from a completely different reality? Dun dun dun. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know. Speaking of relationship teases, on page 35 through 37, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Those of you who've uh, been pining for the spider marriage to return, uh, Dan Slott and uh, Adam Kubert uh, give you your wish, uh, albeit uh, uh, probably temporarily, uh, thanks to Secret Wars. It's uh, a world where uh, Peter and Mary Jane are still married and have a daughter and the whole nine yards. Brought to you by a pretty... Noteworthy Spider-Man type creative team. Oh, and one thing that really you know, rings my bell for Marvel this month, um, I'm not sure just how it qualifies as a Secret Wars crossover, but on page 42, uh, we've got a, a Weird World series. You know, Weird World is a... Uh, it was the name of a feature that appeared in a couple of issues of one of the Marvel anthology titles, Marvel Premiere or Spotlight, something like that, in, in the Bronze Age. And the title is being applied here to a series written by Jason Aaron, art by Michael Del Mundo. It stars Archon the Imperion, kind of a sort of an otherworldly Conan-derived uh, Avengers villain, uh, who is uh, lost on Weird World, which is this uh, kind of gestalt planet where all of the universe's mistakes, uh, all the lost things, you know, i.e. all of Marvel's strange experimental sci-fi fantasy concepts from anthology series like Marvel Premiere, Marvel Spotlight, and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, in the Bronze Age have been dumped. So, it's, uh, so we've got Archon as the star that's that's enough to attract my attention right there. But uh, apparently he's going to be teaming up with Crystar Crystal Warrior by the second issue. And they'll be going up against uh, underwater apes and uh, <laughs> and evil wizards. And it's it just it, it sounds like uh, really weird, eclectic, fun stuff. 
and it's written by Jason Aaron. So I think I may just uh, try Weird World. And on the very next page, we've got uh, Squadron Sinister number one, which seems to be um, well, uh, the uh, G. Michael Straczynski and uh, Gary Frank versions of the, of the Squadron Supreme characters going up against more traditionally styled versions of the same characters, but evil. Ooh. Yeah, that's written by Mark Guggenheim with Carlos Pacheco artwork. Next page after that, page 46, we have the 1872 series, which is kind of like uh, 1602, except, you know, 19th century American. It's Old West versions of Marvel superhero characters. And I did see there's also a 1602 Angela title in here as well. There is. Yeah, that's back on page 34. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they're doing all this, like, 90s stuff, like X-Men 92 and Future Imperfect again. Like, is it a reprint? Is it a new Future Imperfect story? It is new. It's written by Peter David, who wrote the first one, but the art's by Greg Land, and it's all, like, Secret Wars uh, derived. So, yeah, it is a new Maestro story. Okay. Oh, jeez, I didn't see this. Oh, Years of Future Past... Cover art by Art Adams, interior art by Mike Norton. Norton? I didn't notice that. Wait, 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 what? Yeah, yeah exactly. Age what? 54. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, now I think I have to get that one. It's two issues, though, right off the bat. Yeah, I, I know, I know. And who knows how many more after Well, if, if I'm not going to buy very many others, then I have to get some. And these are two good ones to get. It really isn't Marvel's best interest to tell us up front you know, what kind of commitment we have to make to read these things. So I'm a little irked at them right now. For <laughs> well, I mean, one you know, one assumes that if they don't say that it's a miniseries, that it's intending to be an ongoing until they decide to cancel it, right? So I, I don't know. I need to do more research on this. More fully behind on all because there's just so well, we just fifty-one just titles. And ask yeah, him. Wow, <laughs> but but I mean about the overall. Battle world altogether, all those different things. Yeah, I'm going to call Norton and ask him. <laughs> Why not? Do it because you can. Call him right now. Put him on speakerphone. I'll, I'll, I'll see him at C2E2 in a few weeks when I'm out there, and I'll bend his ear then. Right. <laughs> we'll confer with Norton in his of place the, of power. Give him the personal touch. <laughs> I know. Don't touch the artist. <laughs> and then there's Extinction Agenda number one. They're really like the whole X stuff is going. It makes me nervous because the X books have been so great for so long now. And it's like, what if they just blow it all to hell by going backwards? And I don't know. I'm scared. I can't stress enough how great the X books have been since all the renumbering number ones, you know, almost four years ago or whatever it's been now. Three years probably because there's a lot of double shipping. So, I, you know, whatever. But it's been great. Oh, and there's Guardians of Nowhere, number one. More Bendis. Yeah, yes, with Mike Deodato. That looks pretty good, too. Yeah. And uh, I actually ordered Old Man Logan, number one, because I, I, I love Bendis, right? I'm a sucker. So, whoa, E for Extinction is being written by Chris Burnham. Interesting. Wow, I see. This is why I love getting together because I didn't uh, – well, first of all, I didn't get a physical copy of the Marvel previews. I had a digital copy. I see. Uh, and I didn't look through that carefully. I go, oh, my God, there's a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Well, let's see. There's Dan Abnett, you know, one of uh, Marvel's uh, latter-day cosmic gurus, is writing Korvac Saga, number one. So it's Abnett writing you know, classic Guardians of the Galaxy and classic Avengers characters. That would be cool. 
Page 48, James Robinson is doing an Armor Wars story, an alternate reality where everybody on Earth has to wear a suit of, of uh, Iron Man armor to survive. Now there's a Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps, number one, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Kelly Thompson, with art by David Lopez. That's interesting. Oh, man. So much. <laughs> and, of course, Infinity Gauntlet, number two. Dustin Weaver artwork. It's interesting that they got Infinity Gauntlet going on at the same time as, as Secret Wars. Like, wouldn't that have been its own thing later? Yeah, I, I don't think the Infinity Gauntlet series really has that much to do with the Infinity Gems. I, it, reading the description from the first uh, for the first issue from last month's previews. It kind of sounded like it was primarily a story about one of Thanos's many illegitimate children trying to come to grips with uh, you know, her newly discovered heritage as daughter of Thanos. And this solicitation tells us nothing but Thanos versus Nova. So I don't know in what direction that plot's going to go. So you're ordering it, right? Uh, actually, no, I'm not. Really? Yeah. Even with Dustin Weaver artwork? Then what else has Dustin Weaver done? He did... Shield with Hickman. Oh, he's, that. All he's right. He's absolutely a fun, just an incredible artist with so much detail in every page. I mean, I, you know, he he could draw basically anything, and I would buy it for the artwork alone. Looks like we have some Fred Hembeck content on page eighty-seven. Uh, it's a hundred and four-page reprint comic of uh, Fantastic Four roast. Fred Hembeck destroys the Marvel universe, and a bunch of uh, strips from Marvel Age, among other. Oh, past gems. So, a little uh, slightly dated uh, Marvel humor there for you if you're in the mood. Yeah, I don't have anything else from these single issues. And other than the Star Wars stuff that I... Oh, yeah. That... Oh, there's two issues of Darth Vader this month? Damn. Yes, I'm, I'm cursing Marvel's name for that too because I'm, I'm buying everything except uh, the... Is it Kanan uh, the Last Padawan? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm skipping that, but everything else I, I'm getting monthly. I didn't even get the I didn't even get the Princess Leia book just because it was like too many books, you know. And, but now then they, then they double ship. Isn't there a Brian bundle where everything Brian buys is fifty percent off? <laughs> well, email Cameron at DCBS and see what he has to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, well, forging ahead into the uh, well trade territory. Where, of course. Half off cover price. That was kind of creepy, Pan. <laughs> that Sorry, came off sounding weird. Didn't mean to be. Come step in my van, kids. No, Get no, off. no, no, no. Well, we've got some Star Wars trades to start things off. Uh, let's see. There's a collection of the uh, Archie Goodwin written and Al Williamson illustrated uh, Empire Strikes Back adaptation. Yeah, that is that is tempting just because the Al Williamson artwork is so freaking good. Yeah. Speaking of artwork that Brian Deemer loves, on page uh, <laughs> 112, we've got a collection of some of the, uh, I believe it's, uh, yeah, it's Dark Horse uh, Star Wars material. And I do see Dustin Weaver's name in the penciled by slot. Oh. Star Wars The Old Republic. Are you going to get the, uh, like, Jello? Mold for like the Hulk face. 
Yeah, I do have a what box the hell do you do with that once you make it? Like, you serve that on a plate when company comes over, they're like, ah! I'm not <laughs> uh, page 125, we've got an Ant-Man uh, epic collection here. Uh, it seems to be most, if not all, of uh, the Ant-Man slash Giant-Man and the Wasp stories from Tales to Astonish. You know, it's the Ant-Man, Giant-Man, Wasp solo strip from the Silver Age, including... Chris would be happy if I pointed this out. The Living Eraser. Okay. One of the, the Living Eraser. Yes, one of the dumber Marvel villains of the Silver Age. But he's right there on page 125. Oh, you yep, can see him yep, there wiping out uh, Giant Man's legs. So, yep, it's, it's paperback. It's uh, fairly affordable. It's a part of uh, Marvel's Silver Age I don't know that much about. I think I might actually be uh, investing in a copy of that. And speaking of uh, bits of the Marvel Silver Age I don't know that much about, on page 127, Shield, the Complete Collection. It's a hardcover omnibus. It's got an Alex Ross cover, and it's a collection of a whole bunch of uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. material from the Silver Age. It's uh, some of his appearances from Avengers and Fantastic Four, and even Not Brand Eck, which is a Marvel humor magazine from those days. And uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., all 15 issues of that. So you got Stan Lee writing, you got uh, Kirby art, Steranko art, you got Roy Thomas scripts, Archie Goodwin, Denny O'Neill, Jim Starlin artwork. Man, that's uh, quite a creator list there. Barry Windsor Smith. It's 960 pages, uh, but of course the downside is it's $100, but. But! What half of that be? Uh, forty nine ninety eight. You got that? Well, forty nine ninety nine. We round up. Okay, <laughs> that's it. That's done. I'm not. I won't buy it then. That's here. That's I'll give you a freaking penny for God's sake. <laughs> buy it. All for the want of a halfpenny. <laughs> Another good looking collection on page one thirty three. It's apparently the entire Werewolf by Night, Werewolf by Night omnibus hardcover. Collecting Werewolf by Night numbers 1 through 43, uh, Jack Russell's few appearances in Marvel Spotlight before that series got off the ground, a team-up with Spider-Man, an appearance of Tomb of Dracula, Giant Size Creatures number 1, Giant Size Werewolf numbers 2 through 5, Monsters Unleashed number 6 and 7, so a whole lot of lycanthropy going on. <laughs> That's 125 bucks. Yeah, yeah, but it's... It's 1,176 pages. <laughs> Wow. It's pretty exhaustive, though. You, you can also beat like away would-be intruders <laughs> with it as well. Howard the Duck fans, uh, look at page 129. There's a complete collection, the, the first edition of a series of trades of Howard's appearance, including starting with his first in Fear number 19, uh, some of his appearance in Man-Thing, and then the first 16 issues of his ongoing plus an annual. So, yeah, I know that there are Howard, Steve Gerber fans out there, especially since his cameo at the very end of Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's your chance to find out what uh, the geeks in the audience were laughing at. Well, there's, a, there's also an epic collection, volume one of Iron Fist. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Which page is that? That's, uh, I don't know, because it doesn't have pages. It's towards the end, uh, right before, last page before the posters. Um, but that has a lot of, it's 528 pages. Marvel Premiere 15 to 25, Iron Fist 1 through 15, and Marvel Team Up 63 and 64. Yeah, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think the first appearance of Sabretooth should be included in there someplace. Written by Chris Claremont, Roy Thomas, Len Weed, Doug Munch, and Tony Isabella. 
penciled by John Byrne, Gil Kane, Larry Hama. That's some good names on that too. Yep. Actually, I've I've just noticed there's actually an image of a, a snowblind Iron Fist fighting saber tooth. It's it's right there. I don't. They really ought to be making a little more of that. That that might help to sell this thing for them. Oh yeah, look at that on the back cover. Cool. A lot of stuff coming out from Marvel that's worth a look. All right. But I think it's time for the back of the catalog. Well, before we get to the back of the catalog, I want to splice in a little bit of an interview. Uh, this past weekend, uh, Easter weekend, I was down at the great Philadelphia Comic Con down actually in Oaks and uh, met up with uh, J.K. Woodward. And he wanted to talk about he's got a new book coming out from Monkey Brain Comics called Behemoth. So we'll do a quick interview. We'll be back uh, after the interview. All right, we're doing a uh, pants on the floor segment. I haven't done one of these in a while. <laughs> I'm with Mr. J.K. Woodward at the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. How are you doing, J.K.? Awesome, awesome. We've got to stop meeting like this. I've I seen know. you in the last two months in Los Angeles at Gallifrey One, then London, then London for LSCC Los Coco, yep. and, and now here we now, are. Now you're in my backyard. Yep. And it seems you can't go two weeks without saying anything. <laughs> Following me around. Yes. So how's your... Now, <laughs> we're actually on Friday. It's a, it's a free, it is a new convention. Yep. It, it's sort of a combination of the uh, old great Allentown convention. Right. And just sort of uh, moved to Philadelphia. Actually, in Oaks, outside of Philadelphia. But the uh, first day of a three-day show... A little well, slowest right now, but it's half day. It's yeah, first, right. It was half day. To be fair, the doors open to four, um, so it's a four to nine. Yeah, it's about like eight thirty right now, so it's winding down. Yeah, but I think we'll be busy tomorrow because uh, that's when you get most of the. Uh, they got a lot of the celebrities here. A lot of the Power Rangers are they here. They have all of them. The original line. That's right. Yeah, yeah the original and and uh, what's what's his name? The guy in the glass jar. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know the Power Rangers. Oh, <laughs> I, I forget his name. But you know, the poor man face of. You never watched the show? No, I never watched oh. the show. There's a there's a head in a jar. <laughs> well, okay. that guy's here. <laughs> well, oh, that guy's the here. boss guy, the boss guy <laughs> of the Rangers. Yeah. Well, then when we last spoke at London, uh, you were we were wrapping up the uh, the art auction. Now, I think you have most of that finalized right now. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm waiting on one last payment, and in the meantime, I put up. Um, um, anybody that wants to just donate on my blog, I put up a, a donate button. All right, and this was you because uh, we're 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 right, we're at like 60, um, 68 something. Right, and, and, and I you, just want to get it over the seven thousand. Right, in, in U.S. Yeah. dollars, of yeah. course, the art auction to raise money uh, from Cancer Society in yeah. uh, Jamie's name, and uh, a lot of stuff. It was very good. Yeah. I, that was fun doing that. So yeah, and and it actually went a lot smoother than I thought. I mean, it was crazy backstage where we were. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> backstage, you're on a pool table. <laughs> it was crazy back in that pool table. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it actually it actually went really well. It went better than I thought. Um, and we raised a lot more money than I thought. Yes. And we had a lot of people um, pitching in last minute, which is part of what made it a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had some last minute donors uh, that just threw some art our way. So we actually had a lot more pieces than, uh, than I originally thought. I think we got up to 50. Yeah, that's right. Close to. Like 40, we started with about 41 yeah. or 42. The goal was 50, which right. was a pretty ambitious goal for our first option. Um, and then we, yeah, I was, I was a little upset because we only got around 40 something. Um, but by the end, I think we had like 50 pieces. Okay. Yeah. Well, now the reason I'm here. No, I'm not. Saying, <laughs> no, uh, we're going to talk. We're going to get this in kind of quickly because before April 15th, because you have yeah. something coming out April 15th. Well, tell us about that. Uh, it's called Behemoth, um, and it's a lot of firsts for me. It's the first creator-owned book I'm working on. I'm working with uh, Chris Kapiniak. Um, he did a lot of 
He's actually a Broadway actor. I saw uh, that in, yeah. in the bio in yeah. the book. But he has done some comic writing. He did um, the Nightcrawler miniseries back in the, the early aughts. The early aughts. Uh, the early aughts. Um, he also did a lot of the Marvel Adventures, like the kind of children comics, okay. the Marvel Adventures stuff, the Spider-Man stuff. Um, but we're doing something uh, a little darker than Marvel Adventures, but it's... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, kind of a, uh, a story about um, um, these kids are, or some kids are starting to turn into uh, monsters. Um, the CDC gets involved, and, and they're not really sure what it is, but they come up with a solution, um, which is sort of a World War II solution: round them up and put them in a, uh, you know, in a, in a camp, kind of right. very much like the internment camp the Japanese were put in. Right. Uh, but they're doing this for a purpose, not only to isolate them; um, those with the right psychological profile that can be trained end up working for a government and going on covert missions. And this story focuses on a particular group um, of, of these people. And that's what it is. And Behemoth Number 1 comes out through Monkey Brain. Um, Monkey Brain. That does Monkey Brain. sound familiar. A lot of stuff. A lot of great stuff is coming out of Monkey Brain. Um, High Crimes. Um, Kinski started at Monkey Brain. Okay. Um, Gabriel Hardman. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew it sounded familiar. Yeah. Monkeybrain.com. It's, uh, you know... Pretty much everything that starts there tends to end up uh, either a Dark Horse, Image, or IDW. Okay. So, I mean, uh, this I'm hoping, I have high hopes this will eventually be in print. Um, but Oh, uh, so you know, it's coming April 15th, you told me, but it's not in print? It's No, no. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Monkey Brain, it's... Oh, that's right. They're, yeah, they're digital. I forgot they, about So it's a, it's a digital first. It will be in print, right. but it's again, a digital first. Again, with you, you and your first. Now, the, now the good, yeah. <laughs> but, but the good thing about this is um, it's only a buck ninety nine. For a, for a 22-page comic. Yes. So, um, it is like half price. Um, and we're going to go four issues with this, uh, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Now, how did you get involved in the project? Uh, a friend, in, when I first moved to New York, um, a friend of my wife's neighbor um, knew Chris Piniak and introduced us because we both work in comics. He's like, oh, you got to meet this oh, guy. Oh, it's like, you know everybody in comics, yeah. right? Here's another person. So then, you know, <laughs> this, was, this was a result of a barroom chat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're just like, you know, we really should write some of this down. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, the next day we got together and, and like, kind of fleshed it out and worked on it um, and just developed it from there. And it, it's been a, it's been an ongoing process since, like, 2009, I think, is when we first came up with it. Wow. But I just kept getting busy with Star Trek stuff. Right, right. Finally, I came to the conclusion I just got to put stuff aside and work only on this. And I had to get to a financial place where I could afford to do that. And I'm there now, so. Mm-hmm. So by the time I'm done this, I'll be broke. Hopefully we sell a few copies. <laughs> <laughs> now... On the the first page, you see the the mother of a child. Was that based on your wife? That is, and it's. <laughs> That's what I thought. Look at Monica. It's it's a funny story because I. Well, read, no, I mean not the character, but the the, the visuals. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely you see some of her expressions in there. That she I, okay, does. but um, the reason I did that is I actually redid page one because it was a different person, and I oh. I was never really that happy with it. But when City on the Edge of Forever came out, um, the Star Trek book I did. Yes. Um, Almost everybody I knew was in that book. <laughs> you know, I just you put a lot of my friends in there. And my wife goes, how come everybody we know is in that book except for me? Uh-oh. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Don't want to be in a doghouse. I want to redo this first page anyways. <laughs> you just you just got yourself the part of the mother. <laughs> and that's it. And she's like, she was really happy about it until she saw, you know, some of the scenes like... Well, uh, where she gets attacked. She gets attacked and she's sad and she's crying all the time. <laughs> and it's like, you know... Not all, not, you know, be careful. If you want to be in a comic that I draw, be careful. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you ask for. You might yeah. just get it. Yeah. <laughs> They're not all great characters. You know? So anything else on your plate right now you can talk about? Or? 
Well, yes. Um, I, I also uh, had been working on some, another thing since about 2009 called 49th Key. And that's something I've been slowly doing in between Star Trek issues and other work. Um, and I have uh, about 50 pages done on that now. And it's coming out in heavy metal 12 pages at a time. Oh, all right. Um, so I don't, I, I'm going to start back on this after I finish Behemoth. Um, in the meantime, issue 1's already out there, or the first installment's already out there in the latest issue of Heavy Metal, so you can go pick that up. Um, it's going to go, I think, like 12 issues. It's, it's like 120 pages altogether, so 10 issues, 10 issues. Um, and uh, the, the exciting news about this is um, John Barrowman signed on uh, as executive producer and starring role for a mini, so we're we're now shopping that between um, you know BBC and, and Sci-Fi. So hopefully, you know, it's too early to say, but but well, you the, just said. the point is, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's too early to say where it's going to be, or you know, uh, these things tend to fall through. But but uh, John Barrowman is attached either way. So whatever we end up doing, he's he's on board. He's already signed. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, yeah. I've yet to meet him still, but you know, I was you I get didn't, to meet him. I didn't even meet him at Gallifrey. Like everybody I knew. You know, well, you saw a picture of me and him at Gallifrey. Yes, we're, yes. we're best buddies. I saw him walk by a couple times when I'm at the table doing sketches. Oh, sure, so, exactly. You know, but. When you get your head down doing sketches all the time, you miss all the fun stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what are the cons you're hitting this year? Because you're always uh, busy. Out, you're like London. Yeah. Right after so. this, I have C2E2. I'll see you in C2E2. I'll be there. Uh, see? Once again, following. That's me. right. <laughs> we'll have to do this again every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I think after C2E2, um, I have awesome con coming up in D.C. Um, before that, I have something in Minneapolis. Um, basically, I've uh, free comic book day I'm doing in North Hollywood. Oh, okay. Um, the, the Scott Tipton, the writer that I've worked with. Oh, on yes. The Star Trek uh, shop. Oh, from oh the comic shop. Come Blast out. off. Blast off. Blast comics. off comics. And yeah, well they're doing a huge event. Uh, Steve Niles is going to be there. There's going to be a bunch of guests. Um, Dana Gould's going to be there, the comedian oh, the writer really? for Simpsons. Yeah, nice. he's a big Planet of the Apes fan, and ever since Scott <laughs> worked on the Planet <laughs> of the Apes crossover, so uh, he's going to be there. It's going to be a huge event, um, and it's going to be set at, at, at this outdoor pub. Right next to the store, so it's just oh, going to be—it's almost going to be a block party. It's going to oh, be boy. so incredible! I can't wait. Well, I did tell you that I very, very much loved that shop when I was there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, very I, nice. Shop. I told uh, I told Judd, Judd and Scott, and they were thrilled. <laughs> they oh, have boy. some incredible back issue stuff. Um, they sure do. Not, not only in cases, but uh, like right on the wall. You know, oh you yeah, in there, and then it's one of the few comic book stores left that still has a um, a decent. Um, Back issue things too. Oh, man, oh man, I they was, like, I was thoroughly impressed. My jaw hit the floor. When I was in that store. Thank, thank you for taking me. To, I, I was yeah. right to see that store. That's a comic lover comic store. It sure and is. There's few of those left because everybody's got to make their money off of toys and stuff now. But yeah. this, this place, no, it's all about the books. I loved it very much. <laughs> That's why I saved it for last. Yes, <laughs> I took you through all the shit stores first. <laughs> oh no, no, no! <laughs> no, they were okay stores, but I mean, I, I knew Blast Off was good. that was the one you were gonna love. Excellent. And, uh, and, yeah, and in Ohio. Speaking of any Ohio note, let's end this conversation right now. Enjoy the rest of the show. Right on. Behemoth. Behemoth. And it comes out April 15th. So when you're done with your taxes, yep. go, go, get, buy, go, go buy Go to Behemoth. Comixology or, or, uh, or BunkyBrain.com. Pick it up. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Sure thing. All right. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, J- JK, he's very happy about that because it's a, you know, his own creator-owned project and... Uh, very looking so again April fifteenth. Check that out, monkeybraincomics.com. All right, on to the back of the book. Again, I, I love seeing action, action Lab have several pages here in, in in the book. That's awesome. 
those guys really ran with that, and they're doing an awesome job of it. True American success story. Adventure number one coming back, uh, Jay Ferber and Jamal Eigle. It's quite a creative team. Yep. A new Princeless book, Princeless Be Yourself, number one. Minions, number one, by Titan Comics. For all the Despicable Me fans. Yeah, still pretty popular. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, actually, at the Christmas Barn, we do have a Minions ornament, and it's probably the best-selling item in the entire shop oh, for, yeah. for the 2014 fiscal year. And this year in 2015, there's actually a Minions movie coming out. Oh, really? Yeah, without Gru. So it's yeah, just uh, just the Minions as the starring characters. So, That's what about this new Archie number one, Mark Wade and Fiona Staples? Yes. I, I'm going to be getting – I don't know how – I'm going to continue with it for a little while at least. I know they're only on, I think, for the first three issues, I believe. Um, but, yeah, all all new Archie starting all over again. Uh, Mark Wade, Fiona Staples, can't go wrong with that. The first issue was half off through DCBS. If you want to get all the covers, you can get them at a half-off bundle as well. There's even a Mike Norton cover in here as well as a Jerry Ordway cover in here. So some, and you can order the covers individually if you like. Shoot. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> That, that's, a, that's a lot of covers. It is a lot of it's covers. Like Twenty covers. Well, I mean, when, Archie, I think you can say is one of the best known characters that's been around forever and ever. And if you're doing a new Archie number one, you want to do it right, and you know you want to cash in on that if, if you can, of course. But uh, I'm looking forward to reading this more than just getting all the covers because Mark Wade, Fiona Staples, Archie. Yeah, it just, I scratched my head. Really, really, but hey, you know. Give it a shot. It's, you know, as you said, if Archie's going to relaunch their flagship character, they want to do it right. And yeah. a creative team like that is a good way to attract some legitimate attention. Looking at uh, Bongo at the moment, um, page 297, it's time for the annual uh, SpongeBob Comics annual Giant Swimtacular. Third in a series. Uh, the last two have been SpongeBob-themed uh, superhero-type stories. Okay. This time it's uh, not just superhero stories, but uh, futuristic science fiction also. Uh, we get a story about the Mermaid Man of 39,616 A.D. And, as usual, it contains a story Ill- illustrated by Silver Age great Ramona Frayden. Oh, nice. Yep. And the cover is by uh, Dean Motter of uh, Mr. X. We got some cool things at Boom, including page 300, Strange Fruit number one by J.G. Jones and Mark Wade. We're, uh, this is going to be our, our thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is our uh, independent off-the-rack pick for this month. You know, it's a, it's a cover feature for previews this month. And it's uh, apparently it's a project uh, J.G. Jones has been wanting to do for a good long time with a little help from Mark Wade. Uh, it's a period piece. It's uh, set in uh, Mississippi in 1927. Uh, so racial tensions are very much a, an element of the plot. And uh, it's a period drama. It's fully painted by J.G. Jones. And there, there, there are still super beings involved as a, 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 a black super being. It's basically what if the... Uh, President Superman from Earth-21 in the DC Universe showed up on Earth in 1927. And uh, what would happen if he uh, had to come up against the uh, deeply entrenched racial prejudices that uh, defined that region at that time? And this is a half-off offering through DCB service? Only $1.99. Uh, yes, there is a lot to recommend this story, and uh, we will be talking about it in some detail at a future time.
Oh, wow. Brian, did you see on page 309? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. This is a must-buy. If if there's anyone out there who hasn't um, read Cursed Pirate Girl yet by Jeremy Bastian, um, it was a four-issue series that was collected into a a beautiful, beautiful hardcover. Um, Yeah, and in fact, it's offered again, the first hardcover. I'm... I'm begging you, just take my word for it. Just buy it and just enjoy the hell out of it. It's one of the most creative comics you have ever seen. Jeremy is simply one of the most talented artists working in comics today. When you look at that cover right there, the giant like clam, and you see all the tentacles and stuff, and you see the pirate girl there in the foreground, first of all, he does everything with a brush. Look at all that detail. That's all brushwork. Second of all, he draws everything at full size. He doesn't actually draw on big paper and scale it down. He just draws it at actual comic book size, which is even more insane because (laughs) of all of the incredible detail that goes into one of his drawings. Uh, Just please, please, please check out Cursed Pirate Girl. Uh, It's this... This thing, this book right here, this annual is absolutely. If I could only order one thing out of previews this month, it would be this book. No questions asked. That's the best thing in previews. In fact, we should just end the episode right now. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by, <laughs> and it's thirty five percent off the DCBS. Yep, it's nine ninety nine, but uh, it is well worth it. You know, I'm adding, you know, my own pleas to Brian's that uh, this 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 series is is excellent. Um, uh, the artwork is reminiscent of like 18th century uh, illustrations and cartooning, and Brian does not exaggerate in the least when he talks about how fantastically detailed all of Jeremy Bastian's artwork is. Every page is going to look every bit as good as this cover image does, and um, yeah, so you're yeah you you'd be a fool to pass this up. Yeah, the description in the actual solicit here says it's in the vein of Alice in Wonderland meets 19th century political cartoons. One more thing I wanted to highlight under Boom. Uh, Page 310, there's a a hardcover collection of a miniseries called The Last Broadcast, um, which I did not pick up in single issues, but I thought it sounded sort of interesting. uh, It's a look into the world of urban exploration. And it's about the best Herb X team in San Francisco as they discover the uh, uh, the long lost crypt of uh, a 1930s stage magician, and uh, you know what what befalls them after that. The very idea of urban exploration kind of sounds interesting to me. So, for that, if nothing else, I may just be picking that up, or maybe I wait until it's a trade paperback. But okay, I may actually be able to resist buying anything from Dynamite Entertainment for the first time in many, many months. Really? This just as the Avengers and Catch Your Eye on page 328? It caught my eye, but I'm not sure I'm going to order it at this time. It's Mark Wade writing. It's got a, an Alex Ross cover with a pretty much a reinterpretation of the great uh, Joe Kubert cover of this uh, DC title. I thought so. Well, yeah, which I just got the issue of at the recent uh, Philly convention. Explains why the uh, DE logo in the cover looks so much like the Bronze Age, yep. or one yep. of the Bronze Age DC logos. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Richard Benson is a character I don't know very much about. Nor I. Yeah, If Jamie were here, he'd be kicking us both in the nuts, I'm sure. Oh, but, God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'd, I'd, this might be something for Matt to try, as I know he's all about the pulp characters. 
Um, but uh, as for me, I think it's something maybe I'll, I'll buy on the cheap later on if I can. Okay. I, I, oh, God. It's, just, it's a pa- page 377, Adam. The League of Regrettable Superheroes by Quirk Books. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Also listed in the back of the book under books. But, okay. But, yeah, this is it's, – it's certified cool. It doesn't say so here, but it does oh, later okay. on. Uh, but, yeah, it appears to be a, um, a work of comics history by John Morris um, – uh, profiling a bunch of uh, uh, well, lesser-known, obscure, and very strange uh, superhero comic characters that didn't quite make it to the big time. Okay. Yes, from the uh, the offbeat to the awful. <laughs> okay. Um, I can see Fat Man, the human flying saucer, you know, a, a latter-day creation of C.C. Beck, the man who created uh, oh, okay. uh, the original Captain Marvel. Right, right. Yeah, that's just uh, one example, though. There's uh, going to be uh, roughly a hundred different uh, lame characters uh, – <laughs> Uh, profiled here. <laughs> it just looks to be right up your alley there. Yeah, it. I've I've put a big check mark next to it okay. in the book. So oh, very good. I, I will definitely be ordering up a copy of the League of Regrettable Superheroes. <laughs> I'm a collector of oddities, you see. Anything else? Well, there's at least one other thing. Um, those who would like more details about the Minions comic, uh, you should be able to find it on page four oh five. And then again on page 409, Titan has this habit of uh, doing like big ad pages for their books and then the actual solicitation text a little later mm-hmm. on. Since they're T's, <laughs> they're going to change their, their name to AA Titan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. There was something under Valiant that sounded good. I can just, oh, here we go. It's on page 418. Uh, it's an Exo Man of War one-shot. Uh, it's uh, written by Robert Venditti, and it's uh, it's a Valiant anniversary issue, and it uh, it's just kind of uh, telling some of the uh, never before revealed backstory of the uh, the, the Exo armor, you know, the, the, what where it came from, what it was, who possessed it before uh, the barbarian Arik of Dacia got his hands on it years ago. So, if you're a fan of Valiant history, that's a story that's been 25 years in the telling. It's really killing me that I'm not reading any of this Valiant stuff. I, I really am going to have to like pick a series and go start at the beginning because I loved, loved that Valiant stuff when it was coming out in the 90s. I read everything. It was so good. And then, of course, it went to shit real fast. But, you know, <laughs> in the beginning, it was for like a solid, I don't know, year and a half or something. It was it was just awesome. All right, anything else in the book, gentlemen? I don't think there's anything in the front of the book for me. I was going to mention League of Regrettable Superheroes. Okay. That's on, that's on page 444. Right, the actual uh, solicit for that. Right. That's where you see that it's certified cool. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else for me. Nothing super interesting in the – well, in the game section, there is the um, DC deck building game Crisis Expansion Pack 2. Oh, Oh, uh, yes. Many hours in Stone Harbor this past summer spent uh, playing that game. Oh, and Shane... Five. Oh, go ahead. I was Shane and his boys uh, are, are, are playing that a lot. I mean, I think they play it like an hour a day. Is yeah, this? probably. Yeah, so it's like, oh, we got to get a game of Shane's house sometime. Yeah. Pants, did you see that there's now a, a real inexpensive, it's a $10 set that you get the uh, seven JSA hero cards? I did see that. Yes, I, I made sure Shane saw that as well. 
Yeah, so I have everything now except for that newest set. I need to just pick that up, but that's uh, I got all the other sets. My girls love it. Excellent. Including there's a there's a two player game. It's called Duels. Oh yeah. Where you just like you're you're Batman and the Joker and you play against each other. And uh that's it. Oh, okay. And they're coming out with Superman Lex Luthor and there's another one I can't remember. They, they've announced it. I mean, the, the other two aren't out yet, but they've they've announced them. But anyway, that's pretty cool. Very good. All right, I guess if there's nothing else, we'll wrap it up. Was there anything else anyone to add at all? Uh, well, for Joss Whedon fans, there seems to be a Joss Whedon book on page 449. It's called the Joss Whedon FAQ. And... Uh, this is just a background on the mind behind a lot of uh, you know, very successful TV and movie properties of interest to geek folk. So, you're a Whedon fan, uh, take a look at that, see if it sounds interesting. All right, then, uh, once again, our uh, picks for a future off-the-rack episode, for this episode from this issue of previews are from DC, Batmite number one, which is one of six. Uh, Omega Men number one, which I believe is an ongoing. I believe you're right. And from Boom, issues one of issue one of four of Strange Fruit. So look for that in a future off the rack. All right. So once again, this episode is brought to you by Discounts Comic Book Service. Again, go to DCBService.com for all your pre-ordering needs. And also brought to you by Scribd. Go to scribd.com slash comicgeekspeak to get your free month trial. You can visit our website. We're at comicgeekspeak.com. To leave us uh, an email, we're comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. To leave us a voicemail, the number is, wait for here as I pull it up here, the number is 267-702-6642. You can follow us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, we're or the other way around, it's Comic Geek Speak. <laughs> uh, you can join in the conversation at thecomicforums.com to tell us what we missed from previews or what you're ordering from previews, as well as many other topics, thecomicforums.com. We want to thank everyone who contributes to the show. We really appreciate it. Could not do without you. And as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time. Uniting the world.